This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel 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 it. Today on the COVID report, we are joined by analyst Vusi Maupa to talk to us about the impact on COVID-19 and business. Thank you so much, Vusi, for joining us here on the COVID report. And firstly, what have your goals as a company been during this pandemic? Hi, Spesile. Thanks for having me. It's such an honor to be on your show today. Uh, look, it, it's quite, we're trying our best. It's quite a difficult time now to, to inspire anything that's working at the moment due to COVID. But our focus is to make sure that at least from a strategic point of view, um, businesses, individuals, teams are able to maneuver the difficulties they have and as a result, um, they get inspiration with a sense of renewed focus. Now, Vusi, what are some of your main goals now during the pandemic and why are these the particular goals you have chosen as an organization? Look, we, as an organization, we, we, we have a couple of goals and one is to make sure that at least um, individuals first because that they are at the heart of any um, transaction they are transformed inspired and motivated um, that means uh, we have uh, a, you know a sense where we, we work with them to be um, in a sense that they want to be and with businesses we want to you know make sure that they are having a strategic sense of their approach so our our approach or our goal is as soon as we can see um, many businesses as possible um, being able to 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 maneuver or to overcome these uh, these challenging times. Um, it's challenging to everyone. It's challenging to us. Uh, to I mean, every South African or every every global citizen. But the little that we can do working together with the teams, uh, it makes our our goals much. It draws them closer and closer. Now, looking at business as a whole, COVID nineteen has changed a lot of things that we do. What are some of the things that you have noted has changed in business during this time? That's, that's a beautiful question, Supercile. A lot has changed in business. A um, lot has changed, and I can tell you that. Uh, revenues have declined sharply. Uh, profitability has uh, reduced significantly. Um, and this is mainly because, I think, uh, on, on two fronts, one is the uncertainty, and two, um, is the lockdown levels that we, you know, came with the COVID-19. And, you know, we, with uncertainty, you have, uh, we, we were hoping, it is the business uh, fraternity was hoping that, uh, you know, this thing will end now and the duration becomes prolonged. It becomes, you know, it's not clear anymore when this thing will end and businesses are contemplating around changing their strategies uh, you know, making sure that they are adapting to the to these uh, challenges posed by the pandemic. Not sure where it will end, but businesses are really taking it very hard. And I think with the lo- lo- lockdown levels, it has provided some bit of hope. Um, it was a bit difficult during level fives, and when it went down to level four, I think uh, businesses started to smile a bit. And now we're at two. Uh, economies, uh, you know, open or semi-open where they can, if we feel like to put it that way, because it's not like before. And these uh, these things put together have applied the two important levers in any business transaction, and that is demand and supply. Companies, you know, now are unable to to provide the the, the demand that is needed, 
or customers are a bit skeptical about you know spending their money as they used to uh, some may even have lost income as a result supply also becomes a problem so a lot has changed i think this this is a bigger question that getting with businesses and understanding it individually you can get a, a much more clearer picture on what are levels of micro businesses as this uh, had effect on now you have spoken about some of the effects and some of the changes that we've seen in business do you believe that these effects and changes are going to last after the pandemic is gone yeah sure. like i said this is uh, has provided a huge level of uncertainty and whilst it's uncertain some businesses have taken an opportunity to learn through these markets or to learn through these times and adapt with it so that making their business to move entirely to a new um, operation altogether uh, but doing so it's not as easy as it sounds uh, to tell you that specifically because it depends on a lot of things right um it's it's not keeping your business or changing your business overall it has a lot of factors that uh, may be you know considered first you need to have a strategy uh, that is within you know a short and and long run of how what your business will want to to achieve and how can it sustain that right and two the capital structure of your business may also be affected by the decisions that you will take um moving your business to a permanent restructuring or perhaps temporary one until the pandemic has subsided as i said it's uncertain so we really don't know what um you know when this will go away and if it does what effect it will have but at least what we know is that businesses are starting slowly um you know moving towards uh, more e-commerce Uh, not as rapidly as you would want it to be but of course we understand it it, it was uh, quite a surprise it caught us uh, off guard and those that will be able to move uh, to the cyber world at least they will be able to sustain that um, uh, beyond the covid uh, we've seen we've seen the likes of uh, sensberries in the in the united kingdom and as ls 2013 having the automated cash points uh, the test course they've done that And in South Africa unfortunately we have quite a unique um demographics we have a high number of unskilled people and we have a large uh, sector that is unemployed as a result it makes it difficult for us to um sustainably move towards a, a new way of doing business e-commerce that is Now looking at businesses that are looking to start is starting a business during the coronavirus pandemic any difference from starting one at any other time Sure I I think there's there's a striking difference there uh, we, before I mean South African businesses were already having it tough even when we start at the nascent stages by businesses will uh, will fall at least within a year if not 24 months uh, according to the tier um business index and and now it became even more difficult where even the financing becomes riskier i i think you know you the banks will will, will they will price in the risk premiums that comes with this uh, covid uh, pandemic even though the interest rates at least from the from the prime rates are much uh, lower than before but the the, the capital market is quite squashed it's uh, not everyone is able to inject cash as where it was before even though it was difficult even before uh, you know it's, it's 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 quite a striking difference because uh, now we have uh, compounded challenges 
challenges that existed pre-COVID-19 uh, of uh, you know the way we do business, access to um, uh, data costs and, and all those of things, or access to the markets generally. And they compounded by now the challenges that we face of COVID-19, which keeps um, gives a risk. I mean, if you go to approach a funder now and say you want to go into a, a specific market, uh, the question is how will you penetrate that market now during these times where the borders are closed, where the people have lost income, where even the market themselves have become squeezed. Um, so it is, it is quite a challenging one, I should say. And looking at business runnings, with business meetings being held electronically, could the concept of business travel be a thing of the past? Uh, yes and no, and uh, I'll tell you why. Uh, some 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 businesses it's obviously you know it it makes sense to be in person to do a specific project or to um, you know attend a specific business transaction. Uh, some businesses you obviously can do it online, and this was not clear until we were forced to do it through the online interactions, the platforms such as your Zooms, um, go to meetings, and and the likes. So those businesses that are structured to um, do business online, yes, they will continue. But those that need to have, uh, um, you know, travel to, to, to make business and transactions, they'll definitely uh, continue. But what is interesting, though, is, is during these times, those businesses that were traveling a lot, even though they are losing on the revenue and the, and the profitability or the profits, they are saving at least on the spending on travel and in the related um, leisure or perhaps um, uh, spent that is related to traveling. So going forward, they need to relook at the amount of, of those kind of things and how can they feasibly uh, meet online and where there is really a need to, to meet in person, then that can be activated and then proceeded. It really depends on the nature of one's business. And once again, on the nature of one's business and the changing dynamics, what is your take on office space? Articles have come out saying office spaces are going to be ghost towns as people see more and more they can do things online. Will people still need offices after the pandemic? Sure. That's a beautiful question there. I never thought about it. Um, look, I think in many sectors, you know, you look at the banking sector, you, you speak to your banker, they call you from home. Uh, you look at the, you want to interact with the, you know, a certain um, official living in government, uh, they interact from home using a, tools like Microsoft Teams or even phone calls. So office space, I think, will be a bit um, undervalued post-COVID because people have seen that it's possible to do it um, in, with, without being in person. So um, that also speaks to a saving on rent those businesses that are really looking forward to, to some easy gain post-COVID. Unfortunately, the landlords uh, will be affected in this regard. And, and look, there, there is, again, even though we speak economic terms, um, we speak economic impact of it, there's some sociological impact or psychological impact, um, the well-being of employees, uh, you know, how, how are employees coping on their individual spaces? Are your employees able to uh, work in isolation? And if not, what can you do? Um, what can you bring to make sure that your employees remain inspired and they are free of any um, psychological uh, problems? 
and also i think it's 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 it, it really depends on the productivity that you as a company want to drive uh, but if you are becoming productive now during covid-19 definitely you can be uh, beyond uh, you working from a, a closed space so i think we will we would likely see a shrink in the office space revenue or in the in the rental revenue um, going forward uh, and that will be sustained for for some time to come and changing gears now have the b2b and b2c market seen an increase in business demand due to coronavirus and how are they adapting to serve the public during this time sure and that's 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 quite interesting because it brings the two markets together or the the two commercial transactions together b2b and b2c and the, the demand between the two when you look at the numbers has been subdued and you know the, the the demand from 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 uh, from from both business to business and both business to to customers and on a business to business it depends again on the business that you are uh, but what we can see now with the covid-19 pandemic or the lockdown um uh, restrictions we we've seen some kind of erosion of uh, vertical and horizontal value chain integrations both forward looking and backward looking so the businesses are not able to get the inputs that they need for them to produce what they would ordinarily produce under normal circumstances and the ones that are selling they are not able to to sell because obviously of the lockdown regulations um especially at the borders with the closure of the borders businesses that depends on inputs from uh, abroad they've been severely affected by by the lockdown regulations and on the business to customer there there are quite number of factors and one as i said there has been a loss of income in many uh, customers that cannot be downplayed and whilst there's a loss of income there is some you know fear of 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 overspending at the moment where you don't know how is your um employment prospects looking like uh, are you the one on the line to be um laid off uh, you know you become too conservative in the way you spend your money into businesses also safety concerns if before we were able to you know you know simply decide to launch out or launch out now we, we become too sensitive because of health and safety reasons decide to rather do everything indoors and within uh, within our homes comfortably going forward we it will be interesting to see how it will bounce back uh, but probably the, most likely the business to business will come back with the open of the borders as we have the the, the vertical and the horizontal value chain integrations uh, been slowly winding up now vusi how has the lockdown highlighted the importance of digitizing high quality business support for all stages and do you think that this is something south africa needs to invest more in sure look a full digitization requires much much more than just uh, you know uh, making sure that you you scale up and you know uh, you know going with the flow of how things are happening currently um it's not an operation you can undertake abruptly as a business it has to be informed as i said before by your short to long term strategic view of the businesses and the, the resources you have at your disposal as well as the skill set um that you are able to 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 have uh, we we've been uh, in a number of companies been in the digitalized space for some time uh, but the full scale digitization it's quite a very very um thorny or it requires much thought as a business on how you approach it and that will will require um you know it may 
you know, come into your, your capital space as well, um, meaning more investment. And that also it's, it's, it's quite a challenging one. But I think in the future, what we've learned from this episode of uh, COVID-19 is that we, we, we can do without manual tasks and we really need to move to digitization. Uh, that being said, uh, uh, what, 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 what we really need to acknowledge is that South Africa is quite a unique case. As I said, we have these high unemployment numbers and highly, uh, highly unskilled numbers. And once we start digitizing, we, the unemployment will uh, you know, skyrocket quite rapidly because uh, a lot of manual work that we've done by, 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 by labor will, will be replaced by some digital um, way of doing things. So it's really interesting thing to look forward to. Could the introduction of accelerated automation remove insufficiencies and what benefit could this provide beyond the lockdown and ensure the business is the best possible position for the future? And how can social distancing boost online retail? Thank you for the question. Look, uh, as I spoke about digitization, there is at least a thin line between digitization and automation. And uh, automation would undoubtedly add more value in businesses. In fact, that is where the world is heading now. Um, I spoke about Sainsbury's as we opened the talk earlier on. I spoke about the Tesco's of, of London who have replaced uh, their, their two points with, uh, with no one, in fact. I know we, we have now self-driving cars uh, coming and making their way as well in the near future. And, and it's, it's, that's, that's, that's the way, unfortunately, things seems to be going. And South Africa, we, we, we have a quite uh, stubborn, um, you know, labor, labor market in, in a sense. Um, even when we tried with, uh, with, with some of the special economic zones in the, the Nuchas in the Eastern Cape, um, some even even shut down because of the high cost of labor, and when you try to put high end technology, it becomes a bit of a of a crisis. So um, that's that's a that's that, that's when that's a beauty of the world, and that's where things are headed. And I think as businesses, we really need to think about how do we prepare ourselves for this, how do we automate, how do we go on e-commerce, and as we do that we need to gain the public credibility because of the cyber crimes that are now uh, becoming rampant. Uh, once we gain that, it will also be much easier for us to buy, uh, to get a buy-in of our customers. As social, social distancing has uh, boosted, we will definitely boost online retails during, um, uh, sorry, um, I think your question was uh, how can social distancing boost online retail, right? And I think I think it's it is because we there's one thing um, whether you go you go left or, or right and north or south that customers are always uh, pretty much looking for and that is the convenience. If it's convenient for me to get what I need at the time that I need, um, sitting at my on my chair, uh, I would rather do that than going and standing in a long queue. Um, somewhere in a mall and only three hours later or perhaps a couple of hours later I'm able to lay my hand on the shelf. So with social distancing uh, it creates a lot of backlog in the supermarkets, a lot of backlog in the retails and people are now moving towards uh, online buying and that's, that's, that's where uh, convenience is found. 
Also, as I alluded to earlier on, um, issues of safety. It's safe to buy from a, an ex company that comes to my home, put the parcel on their boot, uh, ensures me that they sanitize it. I pick it up, I put it in my house, I resanitize and I open it than going and touching a trolley that I'm not quite certain that it was sanitized. And so the social distancing um, will, will definitely um, boost um, online retails. And I think with the next numbers that we're gonna see in the next quarter, we are inevitably um, in for a surge in the online uh, retail stores. Those are the gross domestic numbers that will come in, in the, around uh, September. Now, it can't be denied that the globe is in a global economic crisis. And as it continues, how will consumer behavior take a new turn? And how can this impact the overall seller-buyer conventional journey? Um, yes, it's, it's, quite, it's quite a turning point, right, for both businesses and, and customers. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's that sense of saying, um, which, which businesses are stronger and which business uh, can win. Look, depending again on the business that you are at, uh, let's take for example, if you are in, in, uh, in, in, in restaurant space, uh, you sell food, you don't make as much profit as you would if you were doing in person. I mean, I just go online into your site, I see pictures, I click what I want, I buy, it get delivered at home. But if I was working in your shop, and with the aim of coming just to buy a drink and sit down whilst reading or maybe surfing through the net using your Wi-Fi, um, the smell or the sizzling that comes with the ambience of your restaurant may end up um, seeing me having a full uh, uh, course plate that is filled that something was not intended to. So uh, this relationship is quite important or significant for the line of business that one is at. And I think even some uh, advertisement, they market themselves and they're starting to be uh, quite creative and innovative in the way they do business. And that's really what we want, innovation and creativity. Also not forgetting customer value. Now, speaking of customer value, how important is it to consider who your customers will be and how to promote your business and delivering of goods and services during the pandemic, considering people are still required to stay at home? It's a, it's a difficult, I think, market research question, um, you know, deciding on who your customer is. And, and we think at least that you can maintain the customers that you have. You don't necessarily need to, to lose them. You just have to show them a new way of doing things and uh, you know, to make them understand the markets that you, uh, perhaps the, the, the transactions that you're now um, going through. Because I think entering into new markets would be quite costly for businesses. And the KPR, as I said, the, the entire capital structure may have to be relooked. And also uh, the market that you're going at how saturated it is. And I think the players that are in that market already are, are doing all by, by all means to protect the, the market share. So it's, 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 about, it's about looking at the market you have and, and how to, 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 to retain them and optimize the value that they've been getting as, as your client uh, before. Uh, you know, some things would be quite, uh, uh, not you not uh, familiar to them, but how do you show them as a business that these 
what we need to go to. And uh, again, uh, this speaks to the, the strategic approach that the business needs to have that we, we normally you know, look at to how, we, how can companies um, really look at the strategy and how can they think around the way of doing things. Now, how do businesses e- evaluate their financial state during and after the national lockdown? What should they be looking for and what are some key indicators? Look, at the current moment, it's, uh, it's, it's quite a risky environment for businesses. Um, some businesses you know, are, looking, are now starting to see that the net operating uh, deficit moving from their surplus and the finances are really not looking any good. So there's really little to, 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 to look at. Um, you know, the, the, the lenders now are calling in the debt and yeah, it, things are changing quite rapidly. And, and I think for, for, for going forward, it's, it's, it's a matter of SS business when you approach your finances to look at the, uh, we spoke about the, of the easy savings that we, we may have as a customer saving on on traveling, saving on some of the things that you would uh, do manually. So those small savings would really, um, you know, go a long way. And the sad part is the easiest target to restructuring businesses' finance. What we've seen um, has been on the, um, you know, whether it's mild or, or, or mass retrenchments, uh, you know, saving the costs of doing business. That that has been quite what companies are doing at and pushing that kind of a cost to the unemployment fund to carry that. And it's, 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 a, it's, it's quite a sensitive one at the current environment. And some businesses really, uh, and honestly do not have that, uh, that choice to, 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 but to, 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 to relook at their finances and on, on their financing structure. And there are, as I said, some things that you need to look at, uh, that you can survive without uh, doing as a business, and if that does not if impact your business negatively, then uh, it's probably a good sign that you should reevaluate your 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 finances and the broader uh, financial structure of your business. And lastly, Vusi, what type of responses do you anticipate from businesses in the various industry sectors post COVID nineteen? What are you expecting? Yeah, we. It's quite uncertain, as I said. Uh, it's too early to to expect. Uh, but uh, what what we are seeing, uh, what we perhaps likely to see, it's uh, you know the lag effect of this pandemic. Already, it has started to to show in their balance sheets, and it will be much more clearer post COVID nineteen. And I think it's uh, you you'd have customers. Sorry. Um, employees that will uh, inevitably lose their employments. Um, that's uh, that's an unfortunate fact. Yes, business will try to restructure. And on the positive, we are highly likely to see more innovative ways of doing business coming forth, um, including being online and competing with uh, some of the uh, you know solid or some of the uh, online or tech companies that have been there. It will be a very bumpy road for businesses. But definitely, um, the positives uh, are there. And I think if considered quite well, they may well uh, outweigh the the negatives that we are highly likely to see. But talking about the negative, unfortunately, some businesses I don't think will will have a strong balance sheet to withstand 
the COVID impact. Even I think the uh, the, the the finance um, support provided by the small business development will not um, see to it that it saves some of the businesses. And that's the sad part that we may likely see um, some businesses closing shop. Uh, but whilst we see some, um, you know, going big into the space. Uh, it looks uh, specifically, we, we, we again, before perhaps people panic about um, what's setting apart, what's coming, what's not, we, we rather, you know, sit down and, you know, they really look at their the strategic view and, and looking at how will the new way of doing things impact their, impact their businesses and what can they protect, what needs to be protected and what uh, can they let go of what um, it really doesn't add a significant value as it were, in their businesses. And that was Wusi Maupa, an analyst, sharing with us how businesses have been impacted by the pandemic. And the impact of COVID-19, so many people losing their jobs and many businesses being forced to shut down due to loss of revenue streams. But this isn't the case for many businesses that saw opportunity to maximize on sales and come up with new ways to win clients and sell their products, even during these trying times. Now joining us on the COVID report is Tulufelo Mniniko. She's the CEO of the House of Fabu, here to tell us what her success has been like during the COVID-19 pandemic. Thank you so much, Tulufelo, for joining us here on the COVID report. And firstly, how long have you been running your business and what products do you sell? Um, thank you very much for having me, Sipo. Um, I've been running this business since last year, December. We actually launched on the 31st of December. We launched, I was just selling eyelashes only then. Then I'm now selling it's eyelashes, it's hair care products, it's uh, body care products, it's um, perfumes. I've uh, aromatherapy oils. I also have lip glosses. So I'm trying to build um, a full house skincare brand. The beauty industry was one of the industries to- that took the hardest knock when the lockdown was imposed. How did this impact your business financially? And how did you overcome and recover from the financial burden? When um, lockdown level three was um, announced, so that is when we started um, um, selling again that is when um the business started being active again because i think um i i operated from december till february then lockdown happened then afterwards i had to wait i mean during the um lockdown period the first um first levels level five level four i could not operate but when level three started i could operate and that's when um i started um now growing the business from what it was to what I actually wanted it to be, right? Uh, during the first two months of um, le- uh, lockdown, I started now strategizing about the other products I wanted to introduce post-lockdown. So you used this time to rebuild and re-strategize. So what are your day-to-day operations like currently? So our day-to-day um, operations are like this. So on a on a normal basis, we just um I have I have an operations manager who assists me with everything that's going on. So we just sit down and strategize in terms of our marketing, how now we go about receiving and um recording our orders. 
write our invoices. We because it's it's a new business. A lot of mistakes were done, right? So we uh, we were supposed to now sit down and look back at how to now rectify the mistakes. We are now dealing with rectifying mistakes that we've, we've done in the past. Now, what are those mistakes? If you were to ask me, so when we started the business, um, you know, when you are eager to start a business, you're not like each and every supplier that comes your way, you use that. Now, we were just correcting the mistakes of now, having to go back and look for alternative, cheaper suppliers so that our, our brands, our products can be accessible to the people we would like to have our brands. So what we do on a daily basis is we try by all means to see and structure how to now have this brand, grow this brand, so that everyone that would like to have an experience of um, our February products have that experience. You speak of the last year and mistakes that were made. How did you establish your market and how did you ensure that you don't lose your customers, especially during this pandemic? So um, I think being a beauty enthusiast is what helped me. Like I said, initially I started off by selling lashes. Now, what I did during the lockdown, I went online and took up a course, a, a, a skincare and, um, yeah, it was a skincare and makeup course online. I did that. So what I did, because now in our business, the way I run my business, I take orders using WhatsApp. Now, what I did, I engaged my customers on WhatsApp. I used to, well, I still do share skincare tips, makeup tips. So that gave me, um, uh, me and my customers a chance to engage with each other. So that is how now I started seeing and seeing that me keeping them closer to me will work in my favor when I introduce my uh, hair care and skin care products. What challenges do you come across in your daily operations and how do you even, how do you overcome them? And please do share with us the mistakes that you mentioned that occurred in the first year. Um, let me start by answering that question. Um, by just sharing with you guys the mistakes that I did in the first year, right? I knew that I wanted to be in the beauty industry and I thought, okay, selling lashes would, um, would be a breakthrough for me and the business. But now I didn't sit down and do proper research in terms of the suppliers. Now who, who will be supplying me? Where do I get my packaging? You know, stuff like that. So now I just started and said, okay, fine. I'll be selling. So and so, I was selling lashes, but now I didn't do proper research. Same thing applied with when I moved the market from not only selling lashes to selling um, skin, I mean body care and um, hair care products. What I did was I just picked the nearest supplier that was close by, used them as my supplier, I think for two months. But now when I employed my operations manager, we sat down and saw that when we're doing our costumes, our suppliers were charging us more for the packaging, whereas our, our products were much less compared to our packaging. So now we had to sit and think and look for alternative suppliers for packaging and stickers, right? So the challenge that I come across is now courier services. A lot of customers do not appreciate or do not like buying online because of um, courier services. You know, inbound, courier is... Um, a hundred bucks and there's Pexi, there's, that's the one that I use for the business. But now sometimes because of load shedding, 
when I do go to PEP to go and try and send uh, my customers their packages, I come across the same problem like there's no network because there's load shedding. Now I have to go again tomorrow. I have to go back and explain to um, my customers that now I, I, I have a challenge. There's no network at PEP. So yeah, that is the challenge that I come across. I think courier services, it's the biggest challenge that I come across because they do not even want to uh, an alternative. If I can say, no, let's use Postmate, they'll be like, no, Postmate is expensive. Despite all of that, has the pandemic forced you to change anything about your business? And what has it changed? I wouldn't say it forced me to change, but I could say it forced me to grow grow my business from one market to the other. It gave me a chance to sit down and think, where do I want to go from here, right? Because a lot of people think um, that the lash business is like overcrowded. So where do you go? Where do you move from step one? Where do you go? That's, that's what um, um, that's an opportunity the pandemic gave me to use to process my thoughts. In terms of finances, the business is not um, doing extremely well, but it's doing well. It's appreciated. So because I'm still new in the business, I wouldn't say maybe um, if it wasn't for the pandemic and people losing their jobs, maybe I'd have a lot of customers. At the moment, I appreciate the sales that I make because to me, it's like at least I have, I'm making something rather than those who have now lost their jobs. I'm still new in running a business, so I, I just appreciate everything that comes with it, challenges included. And running a business during the lockdown must be difficult. How do you instill the lockdown regulations in your dealings with clients and your staff? So with my assistant, my operations manager, we work vitally. With clients, we take others vitally as well. So everything that we do, we do online. It's only when I go and um, courier products. But when I go do courier products, there's um, lockdown regulations and social distancing measures that are observed at Pepsco. So I think we are practicing all the lockdown regulations that, um, that have been presented to us. And lastly, Tulufelo, a lot of businesses had to shut down because they struggled to keep afloat. What did you do right? And what advice would you give someone who's experiencing challenges, especially because you are still new but managed to survive? Um, I think I got lucky, right? Um, I think I got lucky because I picked when level four, level, I mean level three was introduced and the the things that i'm selling i think my products hair care skin care those are they are sort of like a necessity i think i got lucky and the product that i'm selling they're sort of like a, a necessity um that's why the business is doing well and as for advice i'm still learning and i think business requires one to be patient constantly go back to the drawing board and Look for new opportunities within the field that you are in. Just look for new opportunities and um, go back to your drawing board and check um, what can you fix because all of us do make mistakes. I made my, I, I have my own fair share of mistakes that I made in the past. I'm rectifying that. So I think if we all 
just try and sit, exercise patience and correct our mistakes, somewhere, somehow, um, we are bound to pick up and do well. Because ultimately, the pie is big enough for all of us to share, which means we all have a better chance to, you know, make our businesses successful. And that was Tulufelo Minyiko, the CEO of the House of Fabu, sharing with us how she has succeeded during the pandemic. Before that, we were joined by business analyst Wusi Maupa to share with us some trends that have come out of the business world during this pandemic. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1. 88.1. Or streams via www.varfm.co. Yo, don't say